to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all pre-health students on their journey to acceptance. Our goal is to share information our students need to succeed, connect them with resources, answer questions, and make the stressful process just a little easier. Our episodes will vary in length from a little over five minutes to around an hour in length. Tune in to our shorts on your walk between classes, and when you have more time, you can enjoy one of our longer episodes. Today, we're going to talk about determining whether medicine, dentistry, physical therapy, PA school, so physician assistant school, uh, is the right fit for you. How do you determine that? Um, A lot of people say, oh, I've wanted to do this since I, I was five, or I had this transformative experience, but knowing something since you were five or having a really transformative experience is certainly one thing, but before you commit to the prerequisites to all of the time and effort, the dedication that goes into really becoming the person that makes a wonderful physician, dentist, physician assistant, um, member of your community. There's a lot of soul searching that goes on. Um, It's not sort of an epiphany moment like we often like to think it is. So John, why don't we just sit here for a minute and think through some of the scenarios that we've seen students Mm -hmm. go through in their journey to understanding their why. Yeah, I, you know, (laughs) I think like sort of going like biggest, broadest, most simplest and sort of then moving forward feels like a right place to start. How many personal statements have you read where they talked about having a little doctor's kit as a child? good number of them i would say it's at least dozens at this point for me (laughs) and how many of them say something like i want to help people yeah Yeah. it's it's a lot of them and i think part of this is not a lot of our students fault a lot of our students are stem students and we don't ask them or teach them how to articulate these parts of themselves like this you know our students who come from psychology they are a little bit better trained because they're asked to be self-reflective and to notice and observe these things and to be able to make notes, write them down. But we don't have students do that in biology or biochemistry or even our pre-medicine major. It's just not something we ask them to do. So it's tall order. Even students that start with a personal statement or with a why that is you know, I want to help people, that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that's all that they are. It's just that that's all they can get to right now, which is complicated. I think often there's an element of fear Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, Am I brave enough to state outright that real reason, that real Mm -hmm. thing that's driving me that might be really personal? Yeah. Am I fear? Am I afraid of really articulating why I want to do this when there's some part of me that thinks that I might not do it, that I might fail in my path to medicine? Yeah, I think, and especially a lot of our underrepresented students, our women, you know, they're also dealing with this. We call it imposter syndrome. We call it stereotype threat. We have so many words for it. But basically it is, I have these extra expectations 
and thoughts and perspectives about me pursuing this that I did not bring upon myself that I have to deal with. These feelings of if I fail, how does that look like to other women, right? To other people of color, to other LGBTQ identified people. That's a lot of stress to put on yourself. And it's sometimes it almost feels easier to run away from that than to run towards it. And I do not blame a single person. You know, I spoke to a student this morning who keeps running back to liberal arts from STEM majors Mm -hmm. uh, and can't quite seem to commit to medicine. Mm -hmm. And I asked her today, I said, what's the root of this? You seem to keep circling back to the STEM majors and to your goal of pursuing medicine. But as soon as it gets real, you flip back to liberal arts Mm -hmm. and to psych and think, oh, maybe I'll do the business route instead. She said, I just know how to do that other side Mm. already. My mom does this. My sister's in finance. I have these examples here already. And I like it. And I know it. And it's familiar. And I just don't want to go the other route and fail. What happens if I choose that science major, that biology major, with the hopes of pursuing medicine and then... I don't do it. Yeah. It's scary. When your degree says pre-medicine and you don't go into medicine, that's a very terrifying feeling for a lot of students. And I think perhaps that, you know, a lot of students go into their majors with saying like, okay, this is the name of my major and it will also be the name of my career. This is super easy in engineering, right? You You do biomedical engineering you become a biomedical engineer. You study mechanical engineering, you become a mechanical engineer, right? What does it look like for a pre-medicine major to not be a medical doctor? So a lot of conversations that I have with my students who even finish the degree and think, oh goodness, I think I like this academically, but I don't like this in the real world. What do I do now? The, The beauty of all of the STEM majors in the College of Science is that there's a lot of transferable skills. We are not just preparing you for a single career. We are providing you with tools and analysis skills that you can apply in a lot of different ways. So if you don't want to do pre-medicine because you're afraid of what you'll do afterwards, that shouldn't be your concern. But I think you're asking the wrong problem to start with which is, what do I want to learn? What tools and skills and background do I want to have? There's no one right way to pursue healthcare. No, there's not. But I think the idea of prerequisites is mm-hmm. really, really limiting mm-hmm. to when you're a student, at least. Yeah. When you have this idea of, you know, the entirety of the time that I've been alive, there's been these really clear cut steps of what I have to do now, mm-hmm. what I have to do next, and how success is defined. Yeah. We teach students from a very young age to approach everything with a checklist mindset, right? We give you assignment guides and you just check everything off on the assignment guide. The difficulty of this process is the checklists 
don't exist. And anybody that's telling you that there is a checklist is really just forcing you into becoming a specific type of applicant. But the challenge is that even though there's no checklist, Mm -hmm. there is a checklist. Yeah. But if you stick to the checklist, Mm -hmm. you're missing everything sort of tangential to the checklist. Yeah. I was talking with a student this morning and we had such an interesting conversation she was thinking about applying the cycle and she's like, I'm not really sure, you know, I feel we're well prepared with the experiences. And I'm like, well, tell me like what you've been doing. And she's like, I've had this really meaningful service experience. I've had this really great clinical experience that I've done for about a year and a half. And I've done this research. And I said that those are the right things to be thinking about. But what made you pick those specific things? What was driving you towards them? And, you know, I don't think she quite knew, but my guess, my suspicion was that she picked them because she knew she wanted to go to medical school. And she felt that these are the things that you need to do. And while those are good things to do, having a clear intention behind why you're Picking the specific things will, A, make them more enjoyable, but B, it will help you tell your story in such a different way to these health profession programs. And that's a skill you're going to use forever. So then the challenge becomes when we have a student who's really early on in the process and doesn't perhaps know 100% -hmm. why medicine, because why would they? We all have to start someplace. My good. The question we're asking eighteen year olds. Eighteen year olds. Absolutely. (laughs) And I say to them, Who do you want to be in ten or fifteen years? Of course they don't have an answer for that. But what they have to start looking for with some of the initial activities that they're doing, Mm -hmm. maybe at the beginning with more of a checklist mindset, is starting to hone in on what is my intention? Yeah. What are my values? Yeah. What is my long-term goal with all of this? And the only way that you discover that is by doing. Yeah. Getting that exposure is so important. One of the things that I really stress with my students is getting a breadth of experience. A lot of students are really attracted to these really in-depth Uh, like long-term experiences with a single physician or a single PA or a single dentist. And while that's great, you're only getting to see a single story of what this can look like. And the danger of that single story is that becomes your entire concept of what it looks like. When we know that all of the health professions are so broad and expansive in what you can do, you know, even just, if we even just look at dentistry, which feels so straightforward, right? You're in people's mouths. There is so much variance and depth and breadth to what that field looks like that you are just missing out on things by not giving yourself the opportunity to experience and be exposed to more of it. Okay. So this is, this is where we are now. Mm-hmm. We generally have a student audience here yeah. for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And they've heard us say from time to time, schools aren't looking for drop-in experiences (laughs) yeah, because those are only so meaningful, right? You're not going to take away some really deep understanding of this profession from a drop-in experience. But 
we also don't want to be committed to one person shadowing one person for so long <laughs> yeah. that we're missing out on all of these other perspectives. Yeah. So what what do they do? What do we tell our students to do to actually find their reason for why this is the path for them? Yeah, I think starting with that breadth is important because it gives you things to compare against one another, right? Over the first year and a half, two years of you working towards this, you get those breadth of, that breadth of experience, and then you're going to know what sort of like excites you. If you oh, go ahead. And let's clarify that breadth doesn't just have to be the different people that you're shadowing. Mm-hmm. It's the environments. Mm-hmm. It's the different types of team dynamics that you see. Yeah. It's different patient populations, communities where these clinics and and different centers are located. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to understand the idea of breadth. Yeah. Uh, so you get this breadth and things are going, if you wake up in the morning and you are thinking about this one experience that you had, this patient that you observed, this conversation that you woke, that you were a party to, that is mean, that is saying something. Your subconscious brain is telling you something. Where are you being pulled? Yeah. It is, it is a, more of a feeling than it is a logical decision. Or often. what have you seen that has turned you off? Oh, yeah. Are you seeing examples of what needs to change in the field? Mm-hmm. Of things that you hope in 20 years you can be the late leader of change yeah. um, in, in the way that we're currently practicing. And, and that's not to place overt criticism Mm -hmm. on any of these practitioners in any way, but it's just acknowledging that everything has to change over time, that we all have to adapt in some ways. And maybe these initial experiences that you're getting now are showing you how you want to grow as an individual to bring this field to the next stage. And that's what schools look for. Absolutely. Every school is looking for innovation. They put it in their... Uh, their value statements. They put it in their mission statements. They don't put that in there for nothing. Mm-hmm. It It's a core part of what makes a great applicant stand out. So breadth of experience leads to depth of understanding. Yeah. Because eventually you'll find that sort of like niche, that perspective, your point of view. You know, I had a student who... She was going to try and move directly into medical school right after undergrad. And we were doing our comprehensive interview, uh, which for our listeners who don't know, we spend about four hours on a single student right in the sort of like right leading up to their application year to help them get ready. It's an intensive process for the student. It's an intensive process for us, but also provides a lot of value for, I think, both of us and really helps us develop a great relationship leading into this really intensive cycle. Um, But the student was talking about how she really wanted to help inner city, under-resourced, underserved populations. And I said, great, what experience do you have with them? And it was as if I just pulled all the blood out of her poor little face and It was at that point she realized, I'm not ready to be the type of physician that I want to be. I don't have the skills that I want and need to get there. And so we 
shifted our conversation to what a gap year looks like. And it ended, she ended up taking two gap years. She's in the current cycle right now. But what she did was she worked with a nonprofit in Philadelphia doing harm reduction and needle exchanges and working directly with people on the street who are most underserved, which are people battling substance use disorder. You know, oftentimes to be able to be treated and to be seen, you have to have an address. These are people without addresses. They're turned away from systems before they're even talked to because of a lack of an address to to send things to. So she got this experience and she's like, I'm really interested in this idea of street medicine. And so the top choice school on her list is the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine because they invented street medicine. And the professor that pioneered it just so happened to interview her on interview day. (laughs) But she was ready with the skills, the perspective, the stories to inform how she wanted to be in her field. And that's what we're looking for students to do. She didn't have that experience then, but she got that experience because something spoke to her. And then she followed her passion and now She's had a really good cycle so far. And this is why we say it's not about box checking. Yeah. It's checking these boxes that gives you a start Mm -hmm. to understanding the direction you need to take. But it is envisioning your future and digging deeper into your core values and how you really want to live the rest of your life Mm -hmm. that takes you to that level. Yeah. So I'm... a. I'm personally, I'm a terrible journaling person, but my students who are going into these experiences, I said, you don't have to be a great journaler. No. Can you bullet? Great. I was going to say, anything that goes on paper counts. Oh, heck yeah. Because I, since we've implemented our portfolio process and allowed students to prepare over time, this is the first year where I'm seeing students who started using our portfolio system as a first year come with years of information in this and it is wild to see how differently prepared they are and how they are able to pull from so many more experiences because they've been tracking them along the way and feeling the excitement as you're going through all those experiences is a really good sign that you're in the right path if you find this to be a chore to think back on your experiences It might be an indicator that perhaps being a clinician or a direct patient care provider might not be the right route for you, right? Maybe you love everything conceptually and theoretically, but maybe that's a good indicator that research is the right path for you because, frankly, we know a lot more researchers that are good and are passionate about it. Hospital administration. Yeah. You know, we have a problem in our country of people being detached from the patient experience who actually run hospitals. And it's because we are not expecting people who go into hospital administration, health policy administration, to have these same sorts of exposures and experiences to the patient experience. And so it's a lot easier for them to have this removed perspective. But we know from data and talking to physicians and patients and outcomes that we do need to remember who our patients are. 
you know, this takes me back to the student I was talking about earlier who was trying to decide between the more business side of things and actual patient care. And I reminded her, I said, you know, you're really comfortable with the business side of things because that's what you've seen throughout your life. But you know that you keep circling back around to patient care for a reason. So what can you do with these two perspectives that somebody else can't do? Maybe your contribution to the world is to be a practicing physician and to gain that very valuable experience of working directly with patients and then merge that with a, the business background that you think you're capable of developing and become an absolutely fantastic, very much in touch hospital administrator. There's so many different ways to think about what this can look like. And because, you know, when we bring student panels and alumni panels on campus, we're really pulling from a single type of future. And sometimes I think that's to a disservice to some of these students. But what I hope that students think about as we have these conversations and we bring these people on, that it's just one option. Even if you want to go down the path of being a dentist, you don't have to be the type of dentist that you've always seen. You can create what that looks like for you. You can go into doing public health and changing health literacy around dental care because we know that there's lots of disparities there. So boxing yourself into a certain option is one issue. Not being open to all of the possibilities, very much related, but slightly different. <laughs> but I think that for me, the biggest thing is that your experiences should drive your decisions. How is what you're doing influencing the next step, the next choice that you make? Because one of the hardest things to sort of evaluate when we are looking at these mock applications and when admissions looks at our students is how did the student come to have medicine or dentistry or PA or PT be their next logical choice, right? Because I don't want to hear about why five-year-old Becky wants to go to medical school. I want to know why mature, adult, intelligent, well-prepared Becky wants to go to medical school or dental school. Mm -hmm. I think this is part of a longer conversation, John. We've noticed some questions that we wanted to ask ourselves out loud here to help students better parse through their motivations, um, think about how they're using their time, both in undergrad and mm -hmm. you know what a productive gap year or gap years looks like, and then also how to pivot away from a very standard definition of patient care. Um, when you know that that isn't entirely where you want your focus to lie. Yeah. So I think maybe we need to come back for a second episode. Ah, you know, I think you're right. I don't know that it'll be next week because we've got some other content that we need to roll out. But, you know, be on the lookout for another episode about what does this look like? What can it look like? How do I make these decisions? What does this look like? are these the big questions big questions okay so we will see you next week on the penn state pre-health podcast 
Estate Free Health Podcast is a production of the Free Health Advising Office and the Everly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Free Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only, and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across the university system.